L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. The official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a game day edition. Charlotte looking to get back on track, bounce back from that disappointing loss Wednesday against the New York Knicks. They'll host the Utah Jazz tonight, wrapping up a five-game homestand. We'll preview that one for you, talk about some of the other games to watch tonight, and the recent news that Kyrie Irving can now play in Brooklyn as well anybody else right now in the greater city of New York. I will talk about all these topics with our good friend returning once again to the HHC. He's a sports anchor and reporter for WCCB, Charlotte's CW affiliate, and host of Got Games Sundays at 11, Zach Aldridge. Zach, thanks for joining us. Sam, this is exciting. The season's uh, winding down. I feel like it is it's clinch time, so it's a good time to be talking Hornets ball. It really is, and this is an exciting team right now that's kind of coming together. I know the loss to New York was disappointing, but even with that, Charlotte's won five of their last six, seven of their last ten. They played really well in March and a chance to close it out strong. But uh, as much as we want to think and assume that the Hornets are in control of their own destiny, in terms of moving up to the eighth spot in the standings, I think a little bit of a monkey wrench might have been thrown into things. The entire season, Kyrie Irving has either not been allowed to play at all for the Brooklyn Nets due to his vaccination status or not been allowed to play home games. But that's going to change on Sunday when couldn't have worked out any better. The Hornets go into Brooklyn. So he'll be the first one there. I don't want to get into to politics, you know, regardless of politics and reasonable health and, and well-being concerns that folks have in either direction. That's not our job here. 
here on the HHC, just strictly as a basketball fan. I'm glad Kyrie can play. He's a phenomenal player. Fans deserve to see the best play every night. I wish we lived in a world of unicorns and rainbows where everyone's best always played, always played their best, and no one ever got hurt. That's not the reality, but it's what I wish. So Kyrie Irving being able to play regardless of what you feel about the reasons why he has not been able to play or why he will be able to play now, they're irrelevant. He will be out there on the floor, and that is going to impact things. Yeah, selfishly, I'm very happy to be able to see Kyrie play in every single game with his team. But the storylines just would have been so crazy, even if you're looking at a play-in situation, if the Nets stayed at, or if they moved up to seven and they had that home game and then Kyrie couldn't play, or you get into the playoffs and he's going back and forth and not playing, that would have been so wild to see that play out. Um, especially if it would have been maybe the Nets against the Sixers or something crazy like that. But from a basketball standpoint, it's nice to see one of the best players in the league can now suit it up every single night and play. And now, you know, if the Nets are to fall short, there are no excuses about, well, we didn't have so-and-so out there. They, they picked their team, they've made their trades, and now everyone who's on the squad is, at least uh, legally speaking, uh, allowed to play whatever building they're in. Now, there's no question this helps the Nets, having Kyrie Irving is going to help them, but I think conventional wisdom would say that it really helps Brooklyn. I'm not so sure that's as true as we think it is. Now, most teams are better at home versus on the road. Brooklyn has been better on the road, and and no doubt Kyrie Irving's had a lot to do with that, but it's not a foregone conclusion that just because he's going to be able to play in all games that they're going to win all games from now on, because that wasn't the case when they were on the road. That wasn't the case when Kyrie and KD played together. When those two have been teamed up a whopping eight games this year, the Nets are only 5-3. and three. So, yeah, they're above 500. They're better than their winning percentages now, but they're not exactly the Michael Jordan-led Chicago Bulls. Right. I think that that's such a small sample size, though. Eight, you've got to figure when you look at the way that that team is built, the way they're constructed, now having Seth Curry, I like them a lot going forward. And, and they're a team that I would want no parts of seeing. If they're the eight seed or if they're the seven seed, I would not want to see them. Because I think that when it gets to playoff time, we've seen what KD can do. We've seen how he's a, a half shoe size away from going and playing in the NBA Finals, I would certainly bet on them being able to figure it out in time when the playoffs get here. And that's very soon. But I think that that sample size, sure, it's not the best. They're not, you know, 7-1 or 8-0 when they play together. But I think just two otherworldly talents, they can be that scary hours that James Harden said they were going to be when they all teamed up and it never really happened. As things sit right now, the Hornets are only a game back of Brooklyn for eighth place in the Eastern Conference. Nine games left for both teams. Here is the schedule remaining for Brooklyn. They are not in action tonight. Tomorrow, they'll play at Miami, then come home and play night two of the back-to-back against Charlotte. After that, they've got home games against Detroit, Milwaukee, Houston, Cleveland, and Indiana, and they have road games at Atlanta and on night two of a back-to-back in New York, which is not so much a flight, more of a bus ride. So that is the remaining schedule for Brooklyn. I want to put it in this context for you, Zach. What do you think the Nets record will be in these final nine games? And off of that, we'll figure out what the Hornets need to do to move up to eighth when it comes to direct competition with the Nets. It's tough. I think that they are going to start to to put it together. The heat with them struggling and having their 
well publicized what's going on with Spo and Jimmy Butler and Udonis Haslam and them not playing their best ball right now, I see the Nets being motivated and going into Miami and getting a win. Outside of the Bucks game, I think that's the toughest game that they have left on their schedule. So I honestly think that they might go like a, a seven and two and really go on a run. I'll say seven and two, but maybe six and three just for the, the sake of you got to lace it up every night. You never know what can happen, but I, I'm going to go six and three. And do you think most importantly, the Hornets game is going in the win column for Brooklyn or the loss column? And remind, remember, that's night two of a back-to-back. It is night two of back-to-back, but it's night one that Kyrie gets to play at the Barclays. I know the fans will certainly be excited for him. Outwardly, it might just be another kind of game for Kyrie when he shows up to the arena. It's difficult, but I, I honestly think that the Nets are, are going to, to win. It. I, I, it's, it's tough, but the Nets are just a better team to me, even though they are so close with the Hornets by record standpoint. When it gets to this point of the stage, I look at star power, and KD is, if not the best player in the NBA, I think he's the best player in the NBA. He's certainly, you know, in a top three conversation. I'm riding with a star like KD. So two things to close this out. One, we're, we're not that far off. I'm, I'm with you, I think, on the high side in terms of what the Nets record's going to be. I, I feel the Hornets have a good shot in this one. Night two of a back-to-back is very difficult, especially with all the travel that's going to be involved in it for Brooklyn. Taking into account, it'll be the first game for Kyrie inside his home arena in Brooklyn. I still think that's a difficult set of circumstances and favorable to the Hornets. But that being said, I thought before when Kyrie presumably wasn't going to be able to play at home, Brooklyn being intellectually honest, was probably going to be favored in between five and seven of their last nine. And now I'd say that's probably six or seven of their last nine. So somewhere in the vicinity that you're talking about, if the Hornets win the head-to-head matchup, they only have to be one game better than Brooklyn in these final nine. If they lose it, they have to be two better. That would be pretty long odds. One last thing on this. It is interesting how this has kind of all come full circle because when we look back to the start of the season, Brooklyn's first home game was supposed to be against the Hornets. It was against the Hornets. And it was supposed to be the first time they were going to have to play without Kyrie. As it ended up turning out, the Nets made the decision at the time. If Kyrie couldn't play home games, he couldn't play at all. So there was a little less energy around that game when it came to the Kyrie situation because, quite frankly, the story had kind of already been written from their first game. Now we kind of come full circle. His first game at home will indeed be against Charlotte. So funny how things work out sometimes. All right, next up, the Hornets are going to be taking on the Jazz. There are some other games we've got our eye on tonight that could influence the standings with regards to the Hornets. We'll talk about those next with Zach Aldridge after this quick break here on the Hornets Hivecast. I get allergy care from the doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates who know how to treat me, not just my symptoms. Now that my allergies are under control, I can ride my bike whenever I want, just like I did as a kid. Senta offers allergy testing in a wide range of treatment in North and South Carolina. Play like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Sam Farber and Zach Aldridge, sports anchor and reporter for WCCB, your CW affiliate here in the Queen City and host of Got Game Sundays at 11 here with you on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Santa. Hornets taking on the Jazz tonight. It's definitely a big game finale of this five-game homestand, which has been overwhelmingly successful to this point. But it's not the only game in the NBA we've got our eye on right now, Zach. This is a fun time of year because 
almost every game seems to have some kind of influence on the standings and directly or indirectly on the Hornets. But there's three in particular I want you to give me your uh, your handicap on uh, and your thoughts on how they could influence the Hornets. The first one, the most obvious, Atlanta Hawks versus the Golden State Warriors. Atlanta is 36-37. and 37. They're a game back of Charlotte. They're going to be hosting Golden State. Warriors are more than a little wounded right now. Steph Curry and other stars missed their last game, but the Warriors still managed to win it against the Eastern Conference best, the Miami Heat. So you would think that would give them a good shot against Atlanta. However, Hawks are a very good home team, have been all season. How do you see this one playing out? Can Steph Curry help out his dad's favorite team, the Charlotte Hornets? <laughs> it would be nice. It would be very, very nice. And I'm going to go with the Warriors. I think that it was very nice to see them get the win the other day over the Heat. You've got Gary Payton the second, kind of coming back and, and integrating him into the fold. Clay hasn't been playing that well this month. And I think that when you have the leadership, though, that they do with Draymond kind of calling out the guys and saying, you know, we're not really playing good basketball. I think they can be spurred on now after this dominating and convincing win over the Heat to kind of continue to put it together, assuming that Steph plays and if Clay plays in this one because neither of them played against the Heat. I like their odds of starting to click slowly and get it back together to who we think the Warriors can be and what they look like when they were looking like one of the best teams in the NBA earlier this season. And health-wise, they're not going to look like that for this one. But even when you remove Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Steph Curry from the equation, you still have an all-star starter in Andrew Wiggins. So the Warriors certainly have the kind of firepower to contend in this game against Atlanta. Motivation is there. They're still trying to compete with Memphis for the two-seed. So we'll see how this one all plays out. But uh, definitely, if you're a Hornets fan, keep your eye on all Hawks results from here on out because the Hornets just have to stay ahead of Atlanta if they want to host the 9-10 game if they do end up in it. The only thing that could keep either the Hornets and the Hawks out of it playing in the 9-10 game is a run for either Washington or the New York Knicks, both of whom are in action tonight. Wizards are going to be on night two of a back-to-back at Detroit. Pistons are not playing for anything right now other than odds in the lottery, depending on the results from that one as well as the Knicks game, who they will be playing their third game in four days and will be at Miami, who will try and show that they're a little bit more functional than they looked last time out. But depending on how all the games pan out, the Wizards, the Knicks, as well as the Hornets game tonight against the Utah Jazz, Charlotte's magic number to make the postseason, the play-in tournament, could be down to two by the end of the night, meaning Charlotte just needs two more wins in their last eight games after today to seal a spot in the play-in tournament. Yeah, and I think that looking behind you it honestly is not a worry of mine at all i I don't see any situation where it would have to be a major major collapse to see either the knicks or the wizards slip in there and make a play in Um, so i think the Hornets have to continue to focus on playing their best ball i don't even know how much the knicks granted they got the win Both the Hornets coming into Charlotte. I don't know how much them or the Wizards honestly feel like that they have a shot and are still fighting and competing to make something out of their season. Granted, you want to win every single time you step out there on the court. But I think the Hornets just have to continue to put that Knicks game behind them and go back to their winning ways in the five previous nights. Uh, they stepped out there. See, now, Zach, I'm with you. I really am. But I also lived through last season. So until that magic number is zero, I'm not taking anything for granted. (laughs) 
I can't blame you. You have to learn from the past. So that could be on me, but it's like I look at the standings and I say there's no way the Knicks or the Wizards are going to catch up. Famous last words from Zach Aldridge, host of Got Games Sundays at 11, also sports anchor and reporter for WCCB Charlotte's CW affiliate. Zach is staying with us. Coming up next, we'll preview tonight's biggest game of them all, Hornets hosting the Utah Jazz. We'll have our game preview next here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets fans, it's time to get some new gear. The best selection of new and Classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets Fan Shop, now with new extended hours. Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys, Jordans, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop. Zach Aldridge of WCCB, our CW affiliate here in Charlotte, with us once again on the Hornets Hivecast, helping us preview tonight's matchup, Hornets taking on the Utah Jazz. Zach, this has traditionally been a very difficult matchup for Charlotte in certain respects. I think you kind of throw out the previous meeting between these two teams. Utah got the better of the Hornets. Charlotte ended up losing that one by 10, but it was night two of a back-to-back going to Utah, and the only thing, if you talk to most NBA people, regardless of who's on the teams or what generation we're talking about, the only thing harder than going to Utah for night two of a back-to-back is going to Denver for night two of a back-to-back. Because you get that elevation, they tend to be good teams out there, it's hard on the body. So that was one of the more likely schedule losses on the schedule at the start of the season. Not to say that the Hornets didn't fight hard and give themselves a chance. They did. But uh, Utah came in and just blew the doors off the Hornets in the first quarter, and Charlotte never really caught up. But generally speaking, how do you look at the matchup, Hornets versus Utah, coming into tonight? It's difficult because you have a guard who can fill it up and get a bucket really whenever he wants in Donovan Mitchell. And then inside, you've got just that prowess that is Rudy Gobert, who's just a force in the inside. I think that that's just, when you look at basketball in general, that's a tough type of matchup to kind of overcome at times. Um, I think it's, it's a difficult one for the Hornets because we've seen them have moments where star players have come in and they've really lit the Hornets up. You you had the, the big game from Kyrie when he dropped 50. Luka came in and had 30-something. It was a losing effort. But I, I think that when Donovan Mitchell gets going and then you have the others around him, it makes things difficult. And if Rudy Gobert can kind of insert his dominance, I, I think of back earlier in the season when the Hornets hosted the Cavs and it was like Jared Allen, he was just beasting inside I think that at times that can be a worry and and that's my biggest concern when you look towards tonight definitely a cause for concern there's no question about that in terms of how the teams are playing you know oftentimes it depends on you know what segment of the season you choose to look at for your perspective if you're looking at the Hornets from say February to now it's a losing record it doesn't look very good if you look at the month of March it looks extremely good if you look at the last 48 hours it's bad if you look at the entire homestand it's So generally speaking, Charlotte has played very well in March. Generally speaking, Utah has really struggled, particularly on the road since March. They've lost two in a row, and their strong offense, it's it's right up there 
alongside the Hornets in terms of points per game. It's wavered a bit on the road trip that they're going to be wrapping up today. On the season, they're averaging 113 points per game, which is right behind the Hornets and in the top 20% of NBA teams. But on this trip, they're only averaging 103. And in March, in regulation, on the road, eight games so far, they're only averaging 104. So Utah's a very good team. I agree with you, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. They are superstars. They are a formidable tandem, and they both cause problems for the Hornets have in the past and could indeed in the future. But this isn't a Utah team that's performing extremely efficiently offensively so far on this road trip or on the road in general in the past couple of weeks. So something to keep in mind. All right, Zach, as we always like to do, we need a player for each team as well as a statistic to watch other than points because points is cheating. So you get to choose first. You want to do a Jazz player, a Hornet player, or a stat? I'm going to do a Hornets player. And the guy that I'm that I'm looking towards is P.J. Washington. I think that he has been so solid lately since being inserted into the starting lineup. And I think that when he's knocking down his shots and when he's getting his threes and they're falling, and you can typically count on a very solid performance from LaMelo, Terry, and Miles, that P.J. is kind of that X factor here and now again. So I think that if he's able to kind of export his matchup and if he's called on to kind of be at the five, if he can stay out of foul trouble and limit what Gobert can do, if he's put in that tough, tough position as a defender, he's my person that I'm looking at as a Hornet. I like the pick. P.J. Washington's definitely had a really productive homestand as a whole. I'm in favor of that one. My Hornet to watch, I'm going with LaMelo Ball. He's coming off one of his stronger offensive performances of the season. Uh, really was the only one who was clicking for Charlotte against the Knicks. Scored 32 points. He knocked down six threes. He moved into number nine for most threes made in a single season in Hornets franchise history, passing both Devontae Graham and Kemba Walker in that last performance. He's shooting it well. He does have some good history against Utah last season is his rookie year he made 14 field goals in a game in February before the the wrist injury uh, kind of dampered things a bit for the trail run but I think LaMelo Ball stepped up his game quite a bit over the course of this winning month of March and I think he'll continue to do so again or at least the Hornets need him to do so if they're going to find a W in this one where do you want to go next a Utah player or a stat to watch let's look at a stat to watch next And for that, I really think second-chance points are the key, key component. And that really funnels back into the first quarter and how you start. And I think that when you are giving up too many second-chance points and you're allowing a team like Utah to get offensive boards and get another shot at it on the shot clock, you have to limit that. And I feel like this is kind of a, a story all across the board for the Hornets. If you get that rebound and you can push it and you can get out in transition and play with pace like how you want to, that typically leads to very good things for the Hornets. So you got to secure the rebound on the defensive end and, and go do everything you want to do on offense. So I think the, the second chance point winner will win the game tonight. I can't argue with it. Rebounding was high on my list of, of stats to watch. Jazz are elite. Hornets have struggled there, so Charlotte needs to come up with their A effort on the glass to have a really good shot against Utah. That said, I'll have to go in a different direction. I'm going to go with fast break points. As great as Utah is in terms of being strong on the boards and taking advantage of second-chance opportunities, the Hornets have 
an equal advantage in terms of if they can speed you up, they are going to be a much better team than Utah is. Charlotte is second in the NBA in fast break points, and moreover, they're second in assists. So they're not just running the fast break in terms of getting out and getting up at the floor, but they're willing to give it up to an open man for either a three or a dunk in the lane. Jazz, meanwhile, they are third from the bottom, 28th in fast break points, averaging six less per game than the Hornets are, and they're bottom five in assists as well. So style of play is important. I thought in the Knicks matchup, the first two that the Hornets won, it was more of a Knicks style of game, and the Hornets managed to win it. The one the other night was more of a Hornets style of game, and the Knicks managed to win it. So who knows if styles are are really uh, you know going to tell the tale in terms of what we think they will, but generally speaking, if this game is determined by the glass, Utah's got a lot of advantages. If it's an up-and-down type of game, that's advantage Hornets. Last but not least, we need a Jazz player to watch. Yeah, I'm looking at Rudy Gobert because I'm going to assume that Donovan Mitchell is going to get his and he's going to get his points. I think that you cannot afford to let Rudy score more than his season average, which is just over 15 points per game. I think you can count on him getting boards because he leads the NBA this year per game at like 14.5 rebounds per game. I think that you have to hold Rudy Gobert for sure under 20 points, and I would love to see him held under his season average of 15.4. I think that if you let it be just a a one-headed monster of Donovan that gets his points, then that's all right. But you can't let Gobert get offensive boards, have putbacks and second-chance opportunities. So you've got to limit his scoring, and I think that that will be key. And if he's averaged 23 a game against the Hornets, so you got to keep him under that number it's easier said than done that's for sure but uh, Rudy Gobert is a fine pick I'll take the other guy the obvious one in Donovan Mitchell he's such a dynamic scorer of the basketball and you put it in a way that I like you know that he is going to get his I agree to a certain extent he's an elite scorer he's going to score the basketball at some point in this game but how and how efficiently he does I think that does matter at certain times this season Donovan Mitchell's had one of his worst three-point shooting years that's still he's still a good three-point shooter I'm not saying that he's like a 20% three-point shooter, but he's had nights where he's a 20% three-point shooter, and the less efficient he is, the more possessions it takes him and shots it takes him to get near that 25-point-per-game roughly average that he's had, the better the odds become here for Charlotte. So the Hornets have had a lot of success over the course of the year, especially when they're on normal rest, particularly at home, taking on other team star players and at least making them work harder to get theirs. There are exceptions. Kyrie Irving was about as efficient as you could have possibly been in that Brooklyn win over the Hornets. And Donovan Mitchell's capable of having a similar kind of night. But I think if Charlotte can at least make him work to get his, Rudy Gobert is not always a number one target, as you indicated. A lot of times he gets his just by picking up garbage off the glass and and putting it back in for dunks. Uh, So some of that you can contain by boxing out. Some of it, it's, you know, just the way the ball bounces. But in terms of Donovan Mitchell, uh, keeping him out of the paint, making him have a more difficult time shooting the three, that's got to be a key here and will definitely be a big assignment for the entire Hornets defense. That's going to do it for this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. As always, our many thanks to Zach Aldridge, sports anchor and reporter for WCCB, Charlotte CW affiliate and host of Gaunt Games Sundays at 11. And whether you're tuned in on Sunday or not, Tune in tonight because I'm sure after the Hornets game, he'll have a full breakdown on the nightly news. Absolutely. Zach, we appreciate you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Sam, for having me. Always a pleasure. And 
We'll see how the Hornets can finish that down the stretch now. Hopefully they can wrap up what is already a winning homestand with one more win. We'll find out. And for the review podcast, tune in tomorrow here to the HHC. Till then, for Zach Aldridge, our producer Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.